Hey there, I'm David Novak. I ran Taco Bell, KFC, and Pizza Hut. And like you, I'm always learning so I can be the best leader I can be. That's why I started How Leaders Lead, the first leader-to-leader podcast with CEOs from Adobe, Pepsi, and Home Depot, and greats like Tom Brady, Jim Nance, and Jack Nicklaus. You'll learn how to win, how to bounce back, and how to lead. Listen to this insight from Stanley Druckenmiller, the greatest investor of all time. If you love what you do, first of all, your work ethic is going to be fantastic. You're just going to be better at something if you enjoy it than if you don't enjoy it. And this from Brian Cornell, the CEO of Target. I think you've got to balance short-term with long-term. And you've got to have a conviction that the things you're doing, your investments, your strategy, over time, you're making the right investments and right decisions for your brand and your business. To listen to How Leaders Lead wherever you listen to podcasts, it's the best podcast on leadership you'll ever listen to. On another exciting entry of the Animation Deliberation Podcast, as if tensions weren't high enough last week, they have just been raised all the more today. All right, we're talking My Hero Academia and much more right off these ads we have no control over. Hey there, I'm David Novak. I ran Taco Bell, KFC, and Pizza Hut. And like you, I'm always learning so I can be the best leader I can be. That's why I started How Leaders Lead, the first leader-to-leader podcast with CEOs from Target, Pepsi, and Adobe, and greats like Tom Brady, Jim Nance, and Jack Nicklaus. You'll learn how to win, how to bounce back, and how to lead. So listen to How Leaders Lead wherever you listen to podcasts. It's the best podcast on leadership you'll ever listen to. Sing along if you know the words. One, two, three, it's time for animation deliberation. A conversation and a celebration of our favorite action animated series. Yeah. Yeah, welcome back to the Sunday edition of Animation Deliberation Podcast, where we take action animation cartoons seriously, but not too seriously. We are your hosts. I am Zuhair Ali. I'm Jay Scotty St. Clair. And I am Andrew Rogers. And we are recording a little bit earlier in this week uh, because Black Adam comes out this week on Thursday and all of us would rather go watch that than try to figure out times to record. So <laughs> here we are for your pleasure. Yeah, hopefully it, uh, it serves dual purposes. We can provide this, this coverage for these episodes that premiere on Saturdays, hot off the press, and then also free up our schedules a little bit to, uh, you know, be able to do one of our favorite things, catch a comic book movie on opening night. These are a few of our favorite things. And the Dwayne The Rock Johnson is just one of those favorite things for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and Dr. Fate. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Definitely All excited right. for Pierce Brosnan's Dr. Fate. Oh, yeah. So before we get to the hot off the presses content... Andrew, tell us about this Demon Slayer news that was spotted for October 15th. Demon Slayer gave us the news that we have no news. Awesome. (laughs) Moving on to the animated segment. Uh, We don't have too much to talk about today because it's like two days after the last time that we talk about it. But all of us did watch Spy Family, as usual. All of us loved it. And we're here to talk about it. Who wants to go first? Uh, I'll go first, I suppose. Yeah. Not everyone at once. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's, you know, it's a blessing and a curse because you get to say, I, I should speak for myself. I get to say exactly what I want to say unadulterated. But then other times <laughs> I'm like, I want you guys to go first so I can gleam some things off of what you said. But um, it's all good. So I will start my timer now. 
Yeah, I uh, enjoyed this next uh, entry of Spy Family, Mission 15, and a new family member. Feels like the end of an arc in terms of having these terrorists that uh, use dogs as bombs to try and get this uh, politician. I believe he's a minister of some prime minister of some kind or something like that. But anyway, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the episode. I appreciated the fact that the conflict came to a resolution so quickly, especially with your uh, kicking a, a car and making it have an accident and then just like <laughs> calling from a payphone being like, Oh yeah, I was the housewife that called about the other terrorists. Just come pick this guy up. But uh, I absolutely love the segments with Anya at school, like her scheming, like saying to her friend, like a dog has appeared at Anya's house. <laughs> just like her, the way her face <laughs> when she tells uh, Damien and he's just like, yeah. And her utter complete shock. Like I fell on the floor laughing at that. Uh, it was just another stellar addition. And I love his name. I love the dog's name, Bont. And that's my time. <laughs> Stella for her Stella star. Yes. There we go. Yeah. Uh, I'll take the next run. Cause I feel like I got some things to tack onto that. So, all right. And I will start now so yeah i can't believe we didn't even talk about the cliffhanger of whether or not lloyd was going to shoot the dog but like that was a great uh resolution to that his skill tremendous but like i still love that we're dancing around this do they know whether they're spies and assassins and everything else it's just so funny to see them come so close and i want them to know at the same time don't want them to ever find out and just want to see this dance continue to happen but yeah it was just all so good and bond being the dog's name it definitely felt like we were back to the family show that this was before. We're no longer, you know, bomb threats and intestines of loved ones hanging from the ceiling. Like it's back to the fun loving. And literally every time the dog says Borf, I laugh. I don't know how they found the funniest thing in the world, but this show did it. And I absolutely love that they figured out a way to do it. It's just oh, amazing. Borf. <laughs> <laughs> Just that, just that exhale with it. Like, how deep is Borf? <laughs> I really hope they don't change that for the uh, dub. Like, just leave it as the Borf, oh, yeah. please. Definitely. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, just tacking on to those sentiments. Uh, I was scared for that dog at the beginning, but I like that they're talking about... You know, they address, like, animal cruelty and, like, how these dogs were treated, like, for this mission and stuff and how it's going to be, like, the cause of the organization to take care of them and make sure they have, like, happy homes. Uh, Anya's ability to blackmail is going to make her a great spy in the future. The fact that she's just like, I'm not going to do good in school if I can't keep this dog in everyone's just frustration and shock at her. Um, Her walking home from school and just seeing bond like just how loving he is but she's like he's gonna eat me he's gonna eat me mm-hmm. like she's not sure how she feels about the situation anymore the way they named the dog all the comedy behind it yeah we're back to her for now what seems to be kind of episodic which is fine because every episode is a gem and it's hilarious so i'm i'm all for it we'll see what the next like big mission for these people is but it's this this show never ceases to uh, never fails to entertain me wow up to the buzzer right on right, <laughs> right on, the, right on, on my vocal typos <laughs> yeah all right and as usual if there's any other show that you guys want to recommend to us or feel you want to hear more about whether it be the end of the arc or end of the season let us know we would love to talk about it we love talking to you guys as well we are going to move on to my hero academia season six episode three one's justice scoops tell us about what happened in this episode yeah coming at you with a 
plus ultra synopsis here. All right. The heroes continue their assault on the Gunga Mountain Villa, using their quirks to take down the resisting villains. They also close all the exits to the assembly hall with Tokiyami assisting Fat Gum using Dark Shadow at full power to halt Redestro and his group from escaping. Dark Shadow warns Tokiyama after noticing Gigantomachia in the hall, but Fat Gum reassures him he will only move upon given orders by his master. He also reveals to Tokiyama that Hawks provided them with all this info. Meanwhile, Hawks uses his feathers to keep a distress twice at bay, preventing him from helping the paranormal liberation front with his double quirk. Twice begins to break down, realizing that just like what happened with Overhaul, he has been tricked and everything has begun to fall apart because of him. Hawk tries to talk Twice into turning himself in and starting over, believing him to be a good person, but Twice refuses to listen, dedicating himself for the sake of the League's happiness. Hawks is easily able to deal with Twice's retaliation and is about to finish the job when Dobby suddenly appears, revealing he never really trusted Hawks. Dobby provides an opening for Twice to escape and assist the others. However, Hawks manages to evade the fire, despite being caught off guard by Dobby, referring to him by his real name. He is able to prevent Twice from fleeing, stabbing him in the back. One last Twice double is able to reach Toga and Mr. Compress, saving them from a hero and apologizing to them for his mistake as he begins to fade away. Toga embraces Twice, thanking him for saving her as he thinks about, despite what Hawks claimed, he did have a happy life as he turns to mush. And there we go. Chills as you're reading those last lines. Like, <laughs> oh, man. And yeah, hats off to whoever wrote that up on Wikipedia. <laughs> um, I made some edits, but yes, I appreciate their, <laughs> their effort. <laughs> we were we were questioning last week where Hawks was in the middle of this, and yep, we got the answer to it, and that story on its own was just like... We, we always talk about how amazing the character development skills of the series is, about even how the, the most minute people like have a story that you care about. And the fact that we went that deep with Twice and felt those many emotions for him was like, oh man, we're actually like feeling bad for some of these villains now. Yeah, I loved and hated the show for that whole exchange because those are two of my favorite characters. I love Hawks. Hawks is so cool, such a badass. But I also love twice because he's you know so quirky no pun intended there um <laughs> but he really is like it's it's like what hawk said he is a good person and he means well he's just had an unfortunate life and he really cares about his friends and having those moments where he realized oh this is the second time that i've messed up i messed up with overhaul and now i'm messing up again and just the tears running down his face and hawks not wanting to kill him but you know willing to go that to, to that extreme if he has to um, just really, really gripping stuff and, and some of the most um, ripe character development I think we've had um, in quite some time in terms of like interpersonal conflicts between characters. Yeah, that was just so much like at first you're questioning, does Hawks like actually care? Was he just doing this the whole time? And then as he goes into that monologue of like, no, you are a good person. I really want to help you after all of this comes out only for twice to flip it back and be like, you were never my friend. These are my friends and I'm going to protect them. Even if it means, you know, sacrificing my face, sacrificing myself. Like he just kept wanting to move that little bit forward to help his friends. It was beautifully tragic is honestly the only word. Yeah. And like, Going into this, the way they had that budding friendship, I was like, oh, he made another friend. I was not expecting it to take this turn, but it was just so, so believable the way that it all mm -hmm. happened. And just, 
yeah, no, honestly, amazing across the board. And then just tears your heart out when you realize that it was one of the doubles that manages to escape and like save Toga and uh, Compress. That was I, I was on the verge of tears as that happened. And then did either of you watch the outro of this episode like in full? Isn't it the same one? No, they changed a scene and it oh. it is a scene. It's the scene of. uh so they have a freeze frame where it's Toga like putting the uh, rag on his head to cover him back up and it fades out to her crying in her hands and him uh, just huh. missing from the frame. And that was the moment I was like, oh, my God, no, I'm actually crying now. Like they they uh, hit it in the outro as a they took out one of the scenes with the rest of the villains. But I was just like, well, a oh, I okay. need to keep an eye on this now. But B, what a way to like bring that fully home of Toga's probably going to be after the heroes now. Like it, it, things are about to go down even more than they already are. Yeah, with mm. her lighthearted demeanor, like we question like how much she actually cares and to what extent she actually cares. Um, but now us seeing like how tight these people actually are. I'm still not sure about Dobby because he was ready to just burn his own dudes, but... But then twice yeah. was ready for it too. Like the way he jumped out of the way and said, "No, burn the double. It might hurt me, but like do it now." Yeah, I was uh, I was kind of on the fence. I wasn't sure if it was Hawks that had killed uh, twice or if it was Dobby with his with his flames. But then, yeah, I, I think about kind of that freeze frame we had where twice was kind of reaching out and you saw Hawks like obscured in the background, coming down with his feather sword into his back, but. Yeah, I, I didn't catch that in the outro, but I'll, I'll be interested to definitely pay more attention on subsequent ep- episodes now because I, the part in the outro that always stood out to me is that it was Toga and twice like dancing and twice had like a rose yeah. in his mouth, which is just, yeah. They put that um, sad part right after that. Oh, okay. Th- yeah, okay. that's why I was like, oh yeah, they are in this outro. What are they doing there? And then it just slowly kept going. <laughs> Okay. Okay. I, it does make me curious about the age difference there um, because like they were obviously friends and it like sometimes seemed like it bordered on possibly romantic. And I think he said something to the extent like he'll miss like seeing her cute face. So it was, I, I don't think it was like in, inappropriate, but it did make me wonder. I was like, what? she's like a high school student. So what is the, the age difference here? But anyway. It honestly felt like one of those moments where they obviously love each other, but in a super platonic way. Mm, like okay. it almost reminds me of like how some of the Hashiro were sad when spoilers Rengoku died, like mm. the way Uzui felt for his brother like that. It yeah, almost felt okay. very much like that of like, I would do anything for you. I don't want to see you go. Like it didn't feel like he was hitting on her when it's like, I'm going to miss your cute face. It's just like, you're, you're my little yeah, sister. I'm going to miss you. Like, thank you for taking yeah. care of me. That that was what I got out of it personally. Mm-hmm. But it, it still, it hurt. <laughs> it, it hurt yeah. more than it should have for the <laughs> the bad guy. But yeah, we mm. talked. Yeah, I think, his, I think his past dialogue with everybody else shows that it was more that he was friend zoned. <laughs> could be that. It could also be. <laughs> you're thinking that in like that one bit of context, but literally the last five seasons worth, like, yeah, it, this is just a friend zone relationship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, another part of the episode, I mean, th- obviously the stuff with Hawks and Twice was the like real meat of the episode. I mean, we had we got some great action all around, uh, but the other part that just like made me surprisingly like gleeful 
was Redestro when he got the announcement that they were surrounded because he had like these he had the little like upside yeah the upside down use where he's just like okay heroes are attacking not phasing him uh they've already destroyed half the villa not, not phasing him but then he's like we're surrounded and then his face just changed because I've never liked Redestro I don't like it's it's like I love to hate him like with the character design I don't find anything appealing about him his smugness he's just one of those ones that I always want to see him get his cub up and so that was a, a wonderful moment for me and then to see him get taken out by dark shadow was was pretty great too yeah for a moment I thought he was like yes of course we anticipated this all along and then when yeah. they finally put the shock in his face I was like yo <laughs> can't hide it anymore yep yeah <laughs> Seeing someone go toe-to-toe with Dark Shadow full out, though, that was a moment, Mm. too. Because the minute I realized he was letting Dark Shadow go into a cave, I was like, oh, it's time. He's finally learned how to do this. And even Fat Gum was like, what's so special about this kid that he's like our trump card for this? And as soon as Chokayami walked in, I was like, oh, this is a very dark cave. He just went and just started wrecking shot. I was like, what the hell is this? It's a thought. Yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> so he's getting a little more like it wasn't, you know, startled nighttime like it was the first time that we saw him go that bad. But I like that he's getting a little bit more control over, you know, really dark Tokoya, um, dark shadow. Well, the mm-hmm. the name of the like superpower Ragnarok, just the event <laughs> in mythology of the destruction of uh, Valhalla. Like, that's awesome. That is so cool that that is what he names the destructive, ultra powerful beast after. I got I got to look up what the other names were because he's so good at naming his moves. He is. <laughs> <laughs> but I will also say yeah. we went from the most badass version of him to him perching like a little bird in fat gum's stomach that was such a funny image his <laughs> head just poking out he's like oh i wonder where hawks is gonna be i can't wait to see my master like it was- i love how casually he says it too like here get in my belly and we'll go to the next one he's like excuse me yeah <laughs> was it's i like the- stomach was i the only one thinking of uh fat bastard from austin powers get in my belly i mean oh yes you are (laughs) okay i didn't that's i didn't think about that one but i like it that's funny get in my belly yeah get in my belly (laughs) (laughs) uh i don't like that comparison we like no fat gum is much much better (laughs) oh it was cool seeing sun eater in action again yes i was waiting for you to to bring that up that was a great exchange there too yeah it was just like oh man like this, this dude's a savage. Like he's ready to work. He's here. Then it's this fat come gives me like, why would you say that? Like, oh, there's our boy. <laughs> Since when can he use plants? Like we knew he could eat animal things. A he ate a horse, which brings some well, questions. Anything up. he eats. But we've never seen him use, and I'm pretty sure those were pineapples he was throwing around. Like I think that's the first hmm. time we've seen it be a like produce weapon. I mean, he ate stone that came off of somebody else's quirk so i'm not surprised that he can, oh like, i forgot about that yeah manifest the ability of plants yeah i i noticed that too and it was a brief thought for me but it, it didn't really come back up for me um with the plants but yeah i think zuhair answers all the questions there I, I guess he can eat just about anything so does it get cow abilities if he drinks milk he only gets the ability to produce milk. That's the only one that he oh, gets in that one. He just oh. grows an udder? He's just got an udder, yeah. <laughs> okay, so if we've got Chimera Centaur, 
I, I don't, yeah, I don't even <laughs> want to go down that lactating path too too deeply. Kind of milk tour. <laughs> Uh, I guess uh, the other part of the episode that kind of like struck a chord with me is with like Dobby knowing Hawks's real name, his like legal name, his uh, secret identity, or or what have you. I guess it's not secret, but uh, I, th- uh, I feel like one. I, I feel like Dobby's identity because Cox is like, who are you? Just who are you? How do you know my name? I I feel like Dobby's identity is like one of the kind of the worst kept secrets I, I don't know anything officially but i think like it's it's kind of obvious who he is and that's all i'll say unless unless you guys are know where i'm going with it i've had the th- I'm, I'm not sure i do i know where you're going <laughs> okay. with it and i i don't know if i believe it necessarily and i'm just kind of i'm letting the show oh, tell me what sorry it, is. it just clicked to me yeah like <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm letting the show tell me because it feels almost too obvious. So I'm just like, I'm going to pretend yeah. I'm going to have the, you know, mindless nature about what his identity is. Okay. I also don't I know mean, if it, we want to spoil could... that for anyone who hasn't like put those pieces together either. Uh, I mean, I don't, like I said, I don't have anything official. I just feel like it is, like you said, almost too obvious. So it very well could be the show like, playing with me and just setting me up to have my expectations like subverted. If that's the case, I'm, I'm more than happy to be surprised, but yeah, at this point in time, it just. Fabian's just listening to this screaming right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know the answers. <laughs> yeah. I, but honestly, we talk about Dobby. His, I forget how powerful he is every single time, and just seeing him produce flame what feels like more powerful than Endeavor or Todoroki ever have. Like, what's... Mm. I want to see someone... or I mean, obviously, someone's going to have to go toe-to-toe with him as they're fighting through this mansion, but, like, who is going to be powerful enough to actually have that moment of going toe-to-toe? I don't know. Kaminari. Mm. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, now, Andrew, you're, you're more of a self-proclaimed science guy than I am. So correct me if I'm wrong here, but my understanding is like blue fire is actually hotter than, than red or yellow fire. But I did notice, uh, twice said like, it's cold. Like after the flames came like rushing through. Okay. What you got? So you are generally speaking, correct. Um, my mind went to one specific place when he said it's so hot, it's cold. And this is going to be a real stretch for a lot of people. Uh, ben 10 the old cartoon he had a hero that spit fire and then as they like upgraded him when he became a teenager all of those heroes got like a secondary version and instead of being like a magma guy he was a cold guy because his fire was so hot it was cold and technically speaking in a scientific sense that is actually like what would happen in terms of feeling because for the way that humans actually feel hot and cold it's really just a shock to your senses and your body sometimes Mm. can't necessarily interpret interpret super hot versus super cold that burning feeling is just going to feel the same if you were to put your hand directly on dry ice and you get frostbite Mm -hmm. is the same feeling that you would theoretically have if you were to put your hand directly into an extremely hot fire it's just your body knows don't touch that so that was kind Mm. of my 
thoughts of him being like, it's so hot, it feels cold. That's a stretch of the imagination, but that's my general understanding of how that actually works. If there is someone out there that wants to correct my science, by all means, but I found it really funny because, yeah, there is a blue flame Ben 10 hero that I think does cold flame or something along those lines because it's so hot, it's cold. There's probably more. Plus, he also has so much blood loss at that point that like his senses are probably just like shutting down a little bit quicker. It's like, oh, yeah, hot. Like, okay, we can't worry about that because we're trying to keep you alive here twice. Yeah, mm. I did catch that. And I really that was my little like forethought of moment. But there was so much going on in the episode. I'm like, I can't think about this. I have to focus. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. It always makes me think there's this uh, One Republic song, Apologize, where like the lyrics are, I loved you with a fire red, now it's turning blue. It's like, uh, that means you love them more intensely, but I, uh, I just have to let it go. But I appreciate your insights. I think you're you're on the money. And I did just do a quick goog of the word so hot, it's cold. And exactly what I just mentioned of it's called paradoxical cold when temperature receptors in the skin do not know how to differentiate between large increases or decreases. So that's, I guess, what they would be shooting for. But I'm kind of proud of myself for pulling that one out of the Jeopardy hole. Yeah. Now we need the little shooting star graphics. Like <laughs> the, the more you know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sitting in Andrew's Science Corner, brought to you by <laughs> listeners like you. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I have too much more to say about the episode. I guess it's worth noting that this is one, probably one of like a handful of episodes that I don't think we checked in with Deku at all. Um, you know, we, we talked about how this is kind of infinity war with all the various fronts. It kind of makes sense that we're going to have to spend time away from certain factions and spend more time with other factions. But um, I, I did think it was interesting to, you know, we left with the cliffhanger with Mirko and, and crust, but yeah, not checking in with them or Endeavor or Aizawa or, or Deku. Interesting. Uh, first off, I wish that we had an end credits scene that was still just Bakugo yelling at people. That would have been <laughs> great. I just need 10 seconds of that because that made my day last week. Right. And uh, not not to give too much, but like the next time on was like a lot of Mirko and, talk and fighting the Nomus and stuff again. So it looks mm. like we're going to be like heavy on that stuff. Yeah, next week. Well, and that's okay. my big thing is correct me if I'm wrong. We're getting 12 episodes and then a break and then another 12 episodes to make the entire season 24 episodes like they usually do. Yes. Sounds about right. I don't know how I don't know where this is ending in 12 episodes. I They have so much story that it feels like they're ready to tell. I I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Deku for majority of what's about to happen just because they have mm -hmm. so much that they've already set up as being a big deal. Yeah, that's that's fair. I I mean, I would just be okay with Deku not being a prime part of this because we're getting the spotlight on so many of these actual heroes and there's so much to talk about with the students again that like it's it's just got to be incorporated very well, you know? Like yeah. for him to be the spot, like like how he was with the airy story arc and all that, like it's it's got to flow in nicely. But I'm okay if like in this arc we're just focusing on the bigger heroes and how the students that are helping out help out in their necessary sense, like how they've done so far. And that's exactly it. You say the words necessary sense. I don't think we've been set up for whatever is going to bring 
Deku and Bakugo into the conflict. If you look at like, they always have a reason for the students to be involved. Whereas right now the students mm. are just quote unquote support. They're either going to be the backups. Mm. If heroes get away from the villa or they're, uh, evacuating the town around the hospital. Those are their two jobs. There's probably going to be some catastrophic event that means that they have to actually jump into the fray. But mm. I know that it's going to be a valid reason that actually matters, and then we get to see it. And I'm okay with waiting for that because they've given us a really interesting fight to watch in the meantime. No, everything's going to be peachy. We're all going to be happy. <laughs> well, th- those points actually did bring up uh, a couple of other thoughts for me that, that are worth noting. Um, you, we talk about like s- the students serving a specific purpose. And we, at the end of last episode, we got to see why Kaminari was put on the front lines. This episode, we got to see why uh, Dark Shadow and, and Tokiyama, Tokiyami, <laughs> I always mess it up. I just want to call him, I just want to call him Fu- Fumagaki now, or Fumagaki. I can't get any part of his name right, Dark Shadow guy. <laughs> Uh, I want to call him Takoyaki. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, we also got to see the the Class B students. Um, yes. Why, why exactly their powers are, are good for such long range and edge shot, like puncturing holes into everyone's lungs and being like, hey, if you move a little bit, you'll be okay. But if you move a lot, you're probably going to die. <laughs> and then his him combined with Midnight just um, completely laying everybody out and then Mudman comes on the scene. And, and sinks everybody and then shroom girl so cool. going yeah. around doing her thing yeah it was just a very effective use of multiple powers uh completely decimating like an entire force which is uh entertaining and impressive to watch yeah it's like just op enough you're like oh well yeah that's what their powers do i guess they would have that much control over all of these low level villains mm. indeed I think the last thing I want to talk about is just how cool Hawk's powers are and how well he uses them. The fact that twice was trying to replicate at that ridiculous speed and he's just chilling there as the feathers are just like killing each one. It's just DOA over and over and over again. Mm. But then how he uses them as swords. So we see like his combat proficiency and then getting blown out the window and still coming around and getting those big cuts. in. I was like, good Lord, like his maneuverability, even when he has burnt off feathers, is just really incredible. Like, Oh, yeah. No wonder he's number two. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess just my one question, because, you know, Fabian did warn us things are going to start getting dark. Is this the first time we've seen, like, proper blood going on in this show? Because, like, that scene of Twice's body with the blood coming off the balcony, that stuck with me a little bit. And I'm wondering, like is this a little bit of what we're going to start to be like, all right, it's real. We Hawks had to kill someone like things are about to go down proper. It's a, it's a good question in terms of the amount of blood we've seen. Nothing really close to that is coming to mind. Like the thing that comes to mind the most actually is like when we saw all might, like kind of like anytime that he decided to like use his quirk and then like the blood that he would cup cough up afterwards, but that was done to like comedic effect. Outside of that, it's just uh, I remember seeing a lot of Deku's fingers and limbs get that like dark oh, purple that color shatter. that we saw with Mirko. Yeah, that we saw with Mirko last um, last episode. But um, yeah, n- no other large amounts of bloodshed come to mind. So yeah, could be within keeping of the the story arc. Just going to those darker places. It's kind of like the comparison to, to Harry Potter that I made uh, a few episodes back. We're gonna s- start to see more and more people go down and and 
know, suffer serious. Rest in peace, Hagrid. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. Robbie Coltrane. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I'm not ready for it, but there's no way all of our heroes are making it out of this. I I just don't oh, see yeah. it happening. I said everything's going to be fine. <laughs> Just always look on the bright side of life. You know, Brian was right. Yeah. <laughs> it isn't technically a feedback email, but we did get two comments on our post on Facebook, which you guys oh, should cool. be following us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and everywhere else. We have socials. Yeah. Uh, John Irons <laughs> sent a couple of uh, comments. Holy crap. The episode that came out today once justice. Holy freaking crap. This one, the season blasted out of the gate and doesn't look like it's going to let up anytime soon. As Miracle was going ham and kicking all the ass and taking such glee in the bloodlust of com- of combat, I was like, she's the one Bakugo should have done the work study with. <laughs> exactly why she wasn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's probably not on like the approved list that like yeah. UA yeah. has. It's like, no, no, she is going to kill a student. We can't let her have one. <laughs> Because Best Genus was very specific about, like, I'm trying to turn this kid around because he is a yeah. Oh, wait, hang on. Yeah, we got that whole thing with Best Genus kind of revealed to or in this episode. Or not revealed, but, like, that Hawks... Did did we get any confirmation? Did he kill him or what happened? There was That's what it seemed like. Because there was that scene where he said, like, I had to do dark things to get on your good side. And it flashed back to Hawks, like, standing behind Genist. Was that, like, a confirmation that he did it? Or what What do we think that was? I, I know that'll probably be explored in full at some point. But I just now remembered that we got that flashback. Yeah, I, I, I am not prepared to field that question at all. Like, I remember <laughs> the flashback, but... Uh... I guess I kind of just like glossed over it. No, I, I didn't uh, make that connection at all. I certainly hope not because I love Best Genius. Best Genius is such a great character, and uh, seeing his him laying it all all out on the line, like back in like season three, I believe it was. Like, uh, I it would be a shame to kill him off screen, yeah. but it could be something that we explore later with a flash black flash I mean, it was back. kind of on screen. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love that how concerned Bakugo secretly was like when there was that whole, Oh, he's missing. And it was like, wait, Mm. wait, my, my teacher's missing. What's that about? Like maybe that's how it comes back is Bakugo finds out and we have to see the fallout between him and Hawks, like whatever that looks like, that could be an interesting route. But yeah, I was just curious. I couldn't remember if we got like full confirmation of how that went down. Not at this time. I don't think so. So definitely some good food for thought. It, any any final thoughts on this uh, this episode before we start to close it down? Uh, yeah, you said food for thought and Sun Eater foods eats for his quirk, and I'm very hungry. Okay, I was trying to figure out to... a food for thought joke too. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, I'm just hungry. <laughs> Glad we're all in the same place. Yeah. You're very well, specific about this episode, so that's the only way I could drive back to food. <laughs> well, one of the ways we get fed is with feedback. So you can be like John Irons and send us some feedback on our social medias. You can also send us an email at animationdeliberationpodcast at gmail.com as well as our Twitter and Instagram. But I'll leave those for Andrew to tell you all about. 
Yeah, so Twitter, you can follow us at AnimationDelib1, and Instagram and Facebook is just Animation Deliberation. You can follow us there for all of our announcements of any podcast, any news that we actually come up with that's not Demon Slayer, no news, and plenty of memes also going up on our story, because there was a great one that I found of Dr. Doofenshmirtz and Redestro that is up there currently and had me laughing <laughs> hysterically. So yeah, there's nice. there is plenty of fun uh, with all sorts of stuff like that, and like we said, that is just one of our many places that you can send us any sort of feedback uh, that you would like to hear. Sweet. And we mentioned uh, Black Adam at the top of the episode. Andrew, why don't you let the people know yes. about uh, what you have going on? I forgot that we're doing this like multiple times before the movie comes out. I was prepared for it to be on Thursday. So yeah, uh, I was on the Source Pages podcast to cover the Black Adam primer. Uh, that is a great read through of a bunch of the comics that DC actually just yesterday recommended to read. So I happened to pick the right ones when we were picking out what they were. So yeah, they are a great preview for the movie with very little spoiler because none of us really know what this movie is actually going to be about, as well as just a discussion of the greater DC universe as a whole. Plenty of talk about who Dr. Fate is, who Hawkman is, who Black Adam is, and Adam Smasher. So if you want introductions to those characters that are non-spoiler, that's a great place to do that, as well as just general DC uh, comments because I know so many of you are fans of Young Justice and stuff like that. We talk about what DC as a whole looks like, so it's a great time. Uh, go give that a listen before the movie because then there will be a a comparison after the movie to the comics that hopefully I will also be a part of. So it'll be a nice two-parter to sandwich uh, with the meat that is that movie. <laughs> Bringing it back to the food. I All like the it. food. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Zuhair, what about you? What you got going on outside of animation deliberation this week? 323 with Reed Murphy for all the sports. Okay. Yeah, sports ball. All right. Yeah, um, as for myself, uh, thinking about Black Adam, uh, Matthew, Carol, and I started uh, messaging back and forth uh, this morning trying to schedule when we'll do the Bingers Assemble coverage for Black Adam. So uh, keep your eye out for that. It's kind of crazy to think that there has not been a DC like film proper since Suicide Squad like over a year ago. But uh, And that wasn't that even a theatrical release us. either. Uh, it was simultaneously. It was like on HBO Max, but also available. Oh, in theaters. okay. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, it'll Us be. Us uh, real fans went to go see it in theaters. Yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> you know, some of us were locked in a snowy town in upstate New York that just did, you didn't have a movie theater. I don't know what to tell you. All the excuses. Uh, I'm full uh, of them. Goodness. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, always a pleasure. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, don't forget to share the show and give us a review that definitely helps with our visibility. And uh, that'll do it for me this week. Thanks for tuning in. That's T-O-O-N-I-N. B plus ultra and stay well. And rest in peace, Mr. Twice. Muscle, muscle. Thank you for listening to the Animation Deliberation Podcast, a proud member of the Stranded Panda Network. If you would like to contact us, you can email animationdeliberationpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at animationdelib1. For this and other great shows, you can visit strandedpanda.com or join the great community that is the Stranded Panda Chat Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash svchat. Tune in next time, and remember, stay whelmed. 
Hey there, I'm David Novak. I ran Taco Bell, KFC, and Pizza Hut. And like you, I'm always learning so I can be the best leader I can be. That's why I started How Leaders Lead, the first leader-to-leader podcast with CEOs from Adobe, Pepsi, and Home Depot, and greats like Tom Brady, Jim Nance, and Jack Nicklaus. You'll learn how to win, how to bounce back, and how to lead. Listen to this insight from Stanley Druckenmiller, the greatest investor of all time. If you love what you do, first of all, your work ethic is going to be fantastic. You're just going to be better at something if you enjoy it than if you don't enjoy it. And this from Brian Cornell, the CEO of Target. I think you've got to balance short-term with long-term. And you've got to have a conviction that the things you're doing, your investments, your strategy, over time, you're making the right investments and right decisions for your brand and your business. So listen to How Leaders Lead wherever you listen to podcasts. It's the best podcast on leadership you'll ever listen to. Drew and Jonathan Scott here to tell you that American Family Insurance wants to protect your dreams. So whether you're at home singing in the shower, every note, or prefer singing your heart out in the car like Drew, cruising, you can save up to 23% when you bundle your home and auto insurance with American Family Insurance. Get a quote or find an agent at amfam.com. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Visit mfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.